3: Oh yeah! Let's do this! UFC 276 post show starts now.
2: One of us oh, has. Oh yes! Him. Let us go! What is up, my friends? This is the UFC 276 post fight show here on MMA Fighting. What is going on? My name is Sean Oshani. Uh I am joined by my man, who's been killing it all week in Las Vegas. You know him. He is Mike Heck. Also, of course, my guys, A.K. Lee, Jed Mishu. We got the producer extraordinaire, E.K.C. Laden, man in the boards. And so let's get to it because, uh, gentlemen, there was a lot of card of the year chatter as far as the eye could see <laughs> headed into this Saturday night. Uh, Ain't and no then, more. In the end, I think there were, you know, some highlights. But it's probably fair to say that the event didn't live up to those yeah. expectations. So, Mike, let's start with you because I know you're going to get kicked out of that media room st- Press conference went in a very, very long time. Uh, Israel Adesanya defends his title, tonight's main event. It was a clear win. He was never in danger. But this is now three in a row since the Yon fight, and really four if you want to include the Yon fight, where we're walking away from an Israel Adesanya fight, title, defense, whatever, using these type of words like tactical and, and technical, words that are essentially MMA synonyms for boring. Uh, and are just not we're not particularly blown away by what we see as an MMA world coming away from this fight. The boos were out in full force by the end of this one. Just your instant takeaways from what you saw tonight. I think I mean listen, I, I get where people are coming from. I
4: understand why some people are booing and stuff like that. I also understand that it takes two to tango. and I felt pretty much throughout the week, Starting from the media day on, Jared Kennanier was rattled by the moment. He was, I don't think he was ready for it mentally. I think he expected it to go one way. And by the time it it arrived, I think he was just done with it. He didn't, the, the extra media obligations, media day. He wasn't down to clown at all. And then you could see it at the press conference, sort of the same thing. I agree with Izzy a lot of what he was saying that Jared mentally just wasn't, the pressure guy that, that that could carry that weight and listen izzy's fights have not been all that exciting i get that but everybody that broke this fight down said that the key to jared cannon winning this fight in any way is he had to make this a dog fight he had to go after izzy he had to make it dirty and izzy was probably expecting that type of game plan from cannon air but he just never got there. Kananir was not aggressive at all. I kind of questioned his gameplay. He turned a fight that should have been more of a brawl into a mid-range kickboxing match, a fight he will never win if they fought a 1,000 times. So if you're going to blame Adesanya, at least in my opinion, I think Kananir at least deserves the same amount of blame, if not more, for why this fight went down the way that it did. And for Adesanya, the key to the game, what it's all about is... Give damage, take less, cash those checks, and get your hand raised. And he did all of those things. May not have been the most exciting performance of all time, but the guy continues to be undefeated at middleweight. He's still the champion. And now he's got a massive fight to get ready for with Alex Bejeda. So he just needed to get the job done here, and he knew a big fight was awaiting him. And that's that's all it was. I get why people are critical, but I think people are, I don't know, kind of prisoners of the moment, if you will.
2: So I think I know Jed has a lot of thoughts on this, AK, as well. We're going to get to you guys in a little bit because I think I probably agree with some of you. Uh, but I will say, I mean, prisoners of the moment maybe feels fair if this was an isolated incident, but this is now four times in a row or three times at least, at minimum, two years basically, of coming away from these fights where Izzy's saying, I had an off night and a lot of people are just complaining. And I understand it takes two to tango. And so in what you said is completely fair. But when the peak of the night is essentially the walkout, which was admittedly awesome, the Undertaker walkout was sensational. I love that. He, the man is theatrical to, to an extreme degree, and it's excellent. Uh, but when that's sort of the, 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 the top moment of the night for your main event, and it's all downhill from there, is something missing here? In in regards to Izzy's reign at this point, Mike, because it does feel it does start to feel like something is starting to be lacking and that people are only going to be burned so many times. Casual fans are only going to be burned so many times before they maybe stop tuning in or that sort of thing.
4: Yeah, he's missing a dance partner is what he's missing. The Robert Whitaker fight is not was not that bad of a fight. It was it was a close fight. It was a very competitive, it was high-level martial arts. Was it a barn burner? Was it Robbie Lawler, Brian Barberata? No, but very few Izzy fights are like that. I think Izzy just went in there, he said a lot of things, selling the fight that he was going to have a dominant performance. And it just wasn't that kind of fight. It, like I said, it takes two to tango, but he needs a guy that's going to go after him. He needs a guy out is not just going to be like, you know what? People are bored. People think I'm boring. So I'm just going to change everything about my style and everything about myself just so I can make them happy. Who cares if I lose? I'm just, it, it's all about making them happy. And th- that's how he fights. That's how he fights. He's a technical kickboxer, but if you go after him, he's a great counter striker. We thought Cannoneer was going to turn this into a dogfight. I think Adesanya was, was ready for this to turn into a dogfight. I don't think he was prepared for Cannoneer to be as off as he was tonight and as under aggressive as he was tonight. And sometimes when things don't go your way, you have to try to deal with it. And Adesanya was not in danger at all in this fight. He won the fight, and now he's got a massive fight ahead of him. And there, he says there wasn't a lot of pressure. There's got to be some pressure. After that press conference with Strickland and everything, a massive fight awaited him. He needed to win tonight. Now, if we, if he gets to this Alex Pereira fight with all the hype and build, that's going to take place. If he fought Sean Strickland with all the hype and build, that's going to take place, and we get another sort of boring fight out of this, I, then I think we're we're kind of getting into that red territory. We're like, all right, maybe we maybe there's more to this that meets the eye. But I think he's missing just a dance partner that's willing to go after him and turn this into the kind of fight where it's 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 more of i'm i'm here to actually take the title off of this guy as opposed to, I'm just here to not get knocked out by this guy and become a, a poster or a highlight reel. And I think that's what happens to a lot of these guys. They get in with Adesanya, the moment's huge, the walkout, everything, and then they kind of freeze up a little bit. So they just need someone. And I think Alex Behead is so calm and cool under the pressure. None of this has rattled him. Fighting at MSG, fighting at T-Mobile Arena, none of that has rattled Alex Behead at all. Plus, this guy is two wins in combat sports over Israel Adesanya. So if... Alex Pereira can't get Israel Adesanya fight up for a fight. I just don't know who else can at this point, Sean.
2: Do you think... I mean, that's what was going to be my last question to you about this fight, is do you think that this is the fight now to get this all back, the fire back, the hype, all of this, like the excitement back in the Israel Adesanya era? Is this the one, the Alex Pereira fight?
4: I just don't see any other way, honestly. This is the one. It was either that or Strickland. I think what was awaiting him, and I think a lot of people were looking ahead as well. They felt like Adesanya was going to win... We're just moving on. Like, is he going to fight Pereira or is he going to fight Sean Strickland? That was the big question heading into this fight. Goes out, gets the win. Now he gets the big fight with Alex Pereira. I think this will get it out of him because I think Alex is going to go after him. Alex is a tactical guy. He's a powerful striker. Just ask Sean Strickland. But I think Pereira's got a point to prove. I think he wants to make his own statement. And I think he's going to be the kind of stylistic foil that could bring that excitement out of Israel Adesanya. He just didn't have a with air. I think the Whitaker fight doesn't get an enough credit, if we're being honest, because you got two just two the two best guys in the world fighting. Sometimes it's gonna be super fun. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's gonna be Yuri Prahashka versus Glover Teixeira, and sometimes it's gonna be Israel Adesanya versus Jared Cannonier. It's hard, man. It, it's hard to to set that bar. It's hard to be a guy. It, you say this all the time, man. The hardest thing to do in combat sports is to be a UFC champion and show up day in and day out and try to take these guys best days. You could have a horrible week. You could have a great week and you have to deal with all the pressures that come with that. And I think, yeah, it ain't pretty sometimes, but Adesanya is still the best middleweight in the world. And I think Alex Pereira might be able to get the, get something out of him. But I think he's missing a foil. I think he's missing a guy that actually wants to take the title off of him. It's not just, I just want to go five rounds to the champ. What a cool moment that would be. A guy who wants to go in there and is 100% going to be angry and livid and upset if they are not the champion at the end of the night. And I think Alex Bajara can be that guy.
2: Well, quickly, Mike, I want to hit the co-main with you before you go, because I know you only have a few more minutes and then everyone we're going to revisit back to the circle back around to the main event. But I mean, that co-main event, man, Alexander Volkanovsky coming in here. We were talking about it all week, the history at stake here, the stakes, just what this meant for legacy, all of it. And what we got was just five rounds of a masterclass like that was brilliance at its finest. He shut Max Holloway out. And at this point, this is just a legacy ceiling performance in my mind by Alexander Volkanovsky. Mike, were you as blown away tonight as I was by the featherweight champ?
4: Alexander Volkanovsky, next week we submit our rankings, will be my number one pound-for-pound fighter on the planet. He will be the number one guy. He will take over Kamara Usman. Now Usman could, with a win over Leon Edwards... Maybe he sneaks back ahead. But right now, Alexander Volkanovsky is the best fighter on planet Earth. Pound for pound, he is the guy. He's so well-rounded. No one does that to Max Holloway. He has pitched back-to-back perfect games. We talk about the performance that Valentina Shevchenko had against Jessica Andrade, how she went out there and pitched a perfect game. And then you follow it up and, like, yeah, you go out there and you beat Lauren Murphy and it's a good win, but, you no, know, we don't consider it. It was kind of a perfect game. But we look at the level of competition that Alexander Volkanovsky continues to face. What he did with that Brian Ortega performance. What he did against the Korean Zombie. That was about as perfect of a title defense you, as you can have. And then to do it even better against a guy like Max Holloway, a guy who's constantly debated is, is he the best featherweight of all time? Is it Jose Aldo? Is it And to just go out there and style, like he's styled on Max. Max styles on other guys. Max doesn't get styled on. He got styled on tonight by Alexander Volkanovsky. 50-45, swept the scorecards, incredible performance. And this man has tons of options right now. He could fight Josh Emmett. He could fight Yair Rodriguez if Yair beats Brian Ortega. Or I'm I'm very intrigued about this potential move to 155. If the UFC just said, you know what? Islam's going to get his opportunity. I'm, we're just going to do Charles Oliveira versus Alexander Volkanovsky right now. Islam will be upset about it. Habib will be upset about it. The management team will be upset about it. But would a lot of fans be upset about that? I don't think so. I think that's an intriguing fight. And I think Alexander Volkanovsky made a strong case to help propel his argument to the direction he wants to go. Alexander Volkanovsky is a treasure. You need to respect him. And if you're out there bullying Alexander Volkanovsky, you need to stop because he's going to cut a promo about you. <laughs> and he's just going to have to beat somebody else's ass in his next title defense. But what a performance from Volkanovsky. The dude was an A. It was an A. Speaking of A plus, there's Jose Youngs who just walked behind me,
2: dressed like an A plus. Just I see you, Jose. I see you, Jose, trying to get some camera time. I feel you, man. Of
1: course, uh, he Mike.
2: Is. I am right there with you, Mike. As soon because I mean internally, obviously, we have our Slack. As soon as you wrote that on the Slack of on the rankings channel of he's going to be your number one pound for pound, I instantly chimed in. He, I'm right there with you, man. I was one of the slowest comers to the Alexander Volkanovski train. It took me forever to get there. I was ranking Max ahead of him when I shouldn't have. I'm with you. My next ranking cycle, Alex is my number one at this point this is just ridiculous how impressive this is like you said he pitched two perfect games in a row quickly last thing and then i'll let you go if you're max holloway you're 30 years old and all of a sudden you're looking at an 0-3 hole in your own division you went up to lightweight once didn't really work out what do you do right now if you're max holloway because this is all of a sudden a very bleak and seemingly rough road ahead of him
4: yeah, speaking of options, Max Holloway has a lot of options now as well. He could just choose to just play video games for the for the rest of his life and do just fine. I mean, what else can this man do at one hundred and forty five pounds? There's nothing more he can do. He's the, the, to even get a Volkanovski fight, to even get a fourth crack at him. It's gonna take, I mean, it's gonna take just a miracle at this point after the type of performance that Volkanovski had. But if that competitive drive is still there to compete, he could go to one fifty five. He could fight. Gachy or Chandler or guys like that. Just, just things that challenge him, that things that interest him. He doesn't, he, he, he doesn't need a title to be a star. He doesn't need to fight to be a star. He crosses over in so many different ways. So if he wants to fight, he can. And if he doesn't, he doesn't have to, he can do whatever the whatever he wants. So while it was a bad night for Max Holloway, and I'm sure he's disappointed in his performance, he could still do whatever he wants. He's got a family. He's now married, living the dream, playing video games. But they're still really fun fights for him. Like I want Max Holloway versus Justin Gaethje at some point. I think that fight's just awesome. I think that'll intrigue Max, and I think that'll be something that'll challenge him and and just keep that hunger going a little bit in the fight sport. But if he chooses to to do something else or go it, ahead... wow, or go it, ahead... yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> See, people, people. I mean, maybe my takes are so hot that they're just knocking my stuff all over all <laughs> the floor. But uh, there's not a lot of space to be over. But Yeah, Max can do whatever he wants. I think this is going to be a bummer, but I think 24 hours from now, he's going to be over it. It is what it is, baby. And then we're on to the next thing. So I think he'll be fine. Whether he comes back at 155 or 145, it's up to him. If he needs that challenge, there'll be plenty of options for him. But, I mean, Max showed up, Volkanovsky. I just don't think anybody's beaten. No one was going to beat Volkanovsky tonight. And just an incredible performance.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, I have to say just selfishly, It's a very tough spot to look at because, I mean, again, selfishly, I'm uncomfortable with the idea of Max at 155 in a way that he has taken so much damage over these last, like, couple years. He's going to take a lot more damage at 155. Those guys are bigger. They hit a lot harder, and we saw it against Dustin Poirier, what can happen there. Uh, Either way, though, man, we are going to continue to talk about it. You have killed it all week. We appreciate you, Mike Heck. You are the man uh, for Jose Young's as well. A little golf clap for you guys this week. It was a crazy week, and we appreciate the work that you, go, you fellas did killing it for MMA fighting, the best damn website in the entire world. Safe travels back, my man. Go get yourself some sleep.
4: I just want to say, I just want to say a couple things. Thank you all for, uh, for all of your help, my wonderful colleagues at MMA fighting. Uh, thank you for all who actually listened to my voice for like 12 hours this week. I don't know how you do it. I am so sick of my own voice right now. It's insane. And I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk angel. at all tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk at all tomorrow. So AK, I'm going to give you all that I got on on to the next one and uh i just want to thank all the people who came out and people actually just wanted to actually take pictures with me i just think that's so weird and i don't know why you would want to do that but um it was just such a cool week first time ever in vegas it was amazing so thank you all very much and happy trails to donald cerrone and jessica i well done enjoy the rest of the show guys you're the best the man you
5: know, uh, in in fairness, a lot of those uh, photographs after they were taken, I, th- I heard a lot of people went like, "Thanks, Dana." So I mean, there may have been some, there may have been some confusion there.
2: Okay. There may have been Oh, some that's cold blooded. Mike mm. was already out. Got you him. hit him when he was already gone. Yeah, uh, and can't defend himself. <laughs> all right, guys, let's rewind now to this main event because I know each of you have thoughts on this. And Jed, I could see you off camera just <laughs> bursting as Mike was speaking that entire time. Um, Israel Adesanya. I'll go to you first, Jed. You heard what Mike said. Uh, I think part of it too is the expectations that Israel sets before these fights. He's talking always about this is going to be an iconic event. I'm going to do something you've never seen before. And then lately we've been getting these type of things. What do you make of what we've seen from Izzy? Do you agree with Mike? Do you do you have your own thoughts? Like, What's going on here when it comes to Izzy's reign over these last couple of years in your mind? I'm going to
6: preface this by saying something that I think should at least color everything. I already started working on my pound for pound rankings. Uh, Izzy is going to have my top spot, so bear that in mind for everything else I'm going to say. Because I'm sorry, I don't, I I don't think we need to pretend that that fight was good or interesting or fun because it wasn't. Like you don't need to pee on my head and tell me it's raining because I'm not an idiot. That is not to say that Israel Adesanya did not dominantly win that fight, and that is his primary goal and purpose, and so that's that's fine. The parts I struggle with, I will also, I guess, let me say, Jared Cannonier is as much, if not more, responsible for that because everything Mike said in that regard, to some extent, is true. But the inverse is true as well. Yes, Izzy is winning, and so there is no real onus for him to try more if someone's not going to bring the fight to him. But again, we don't have to pretend like it's fun to watch him coast in in third gear and win fights. Like, that's not... We don't have to do that. We don't have to defend Izzy from the criticisms that are justifiably being leveled at him for this because you are right. I I am less bothered by the pre-fight buildup and saying I'm going to kill this dude and then not delivering. That bothers me a lot less than the sort of unrighteous indignation afterwards of, well, I just beat the hell out of the dude on my worst day. You've been having a lot of bad days lately, Izzy. So I don't know if this is your worst one because all of your performances lately afterwards, you're singing the same song and dance. And again, he is getting the win. That is the most important thing. And so that's okay. Uh, But we also just don't have to pretend like that, that, that winning clears all criticism because there's a lot to levy here. And it's... It was just really frustrating. It's really annoying to hear him say that, like literally repeat the same stuff he said before. I know this because I transcribed his interviews beforehand where he said, you know, my performances against Robert Whitaker and Marvin Vittori, they were rematches. So I wasn't that interested. I came out flat. You know, I didn't have great performances. But Jared, Jared's new blood. I feel like a vampire. I'm ready to go. And then literally says the exact same thing about fighting Bahia next. Like you can't, Tell me the same thing over. Fool me once, you know, shame on you. Fool me seven times or whatever it is now. You're just selling wolf tickets, dude. And that's not... Again, that's fine because you are winning and that is the the primary purpose here. But I don't have to pretend like this is cool. <laughs> I can be annoyed and frustrated by this. And so can fans, especially fans, you know, dropping $75 with the expectation that something cool is going to happen. And so, again... He's still gonna be my top pound for pound fighter uh, this upcoming month because his resume legitimately is the best of any fighter competing right now. Like I don't think it's an argument at this point, frankly. But the way he is going about it is in the moment really bad. Now, time heals all wounds, you know, Anderson had bad fights. John Jones has had bad fights. George St Pierre had bad fights. But the aggregate, when you look back on it, we it all just gets a little bit rosier. And I'm sure this will happen here, but this is really bad. And it's been like, I would argue that these fights are much worse to watch than some of Anderson's bad moments, or at least that Anderson gave us higher moments. And I have more, but I don't want to talk for like 30 minutes uninterrupted. So <laughs> AK, please. Cause like, I can just keep going on this because like, there's a lot to say about if, if you can fight one way, then that's, that's not a thing that we should celebrate as much as everyone seems to be rushing to defend it. And it's like, yeah, Jared Kennedy deserves a lot of criticism, but it's also like this. That's where I'll end. Jared Kennedy maybe deserves more blame for that fight because he was behind and thus should have tried harder. Jared Kennedy also lost a title shot, and we're never going to talk about him in a title fight again. So there's a reason that criticism comes at the dude on the marquee, the guy who's trying to be one of the biggest stars in the sport. And the guy who talked a bunch of trash and is still talking a bunch of trash. Like it it all, there's a reason for all of this. And I think totally fine to levy criticism here. Also acknowledging a dominant win, but being like, hey man, that's Garbo. Because frankly, I don't know if fans are going to tune in again. Like if I'm, if I'm just a casual and I watch Izzy fight and that's what I get, like the next time it comes around, I don't know if I'm going to be like, yeah, I got to check that. You know who didn't have – like, Connor didn't have that problem. Yuri Verhashka doesn't have that problem. You can be fun. Like, you can do it. He's just not going to. And that's okay for his career, but I still think we can criticize that. Please, someone else speak.
2: I'm really glad you actually just brought up the $75 fan conversation when it comes to that because, AK, get you in here. I mean, Israel – this title reign is now five defenses deep, right? And there's probably one – maybe two depending on what you feel about the Whitaker rematch that are worth legitimately watch rewatching out of that whole five. And I wonder if we're starting to reach a point where there is a cumulative effect that could be happening here. And by that, I mean what Jeff said. If you're a casual fan and someone keeps hyping this dude up to you, and saying, oh, man, you got to watch this Izzy guy. He's going to be amazing. He's going to knock this guy out. It's going to be spectacular. And then you shell out the $75 to watch, and you watch him put on what has been now two years of, of if we can all speak frankly, two years of snoozers. At a certain point, are you going to stop paying money to see him? What do you think, I get?
5: Yeah, well, I think the most important distinction we want to make here is that we are really strictly criticizing entertainment value, entertainment value, and whether he's worth uh, spending $75 on. And in that sense... I think all the criticisms are more than fair. Uh, we do, of course, I always have to mention the opponent. Like again, like in this case, Jared Cannonier. Of course, the Uel Romero fight was just straight up an abomination. Uh, I didn't think the Marvin Vittori fight was particularly memorable. Uh, I, the Whitaker fight was fine. I think that was fine. I, I don't know if we want to go to, go all in on that one, but yeah, we just picked like three pretty strong examples of fights that, if if that's the headliner and that's what people were primarily shelling out their money for, probably weren't too happy about it. So again, but we are only criticizing the entertainment value, which I think is fair. If a fight is boring, it's okay to call a fight boring. It's fine. You can say that without – this is like uh, – I did a movie podcast re- recently. This is like you can call a movie uh, you know, dull, uninteresting. You can not like a movie while still you know, respecting the craft. Like, oh, you respect that it's well-made. You respect the acting in it, and you can still not enjoy it. That's kind of how I felt about uh, Adesanya tonight. I was like, oh, I, I his his ability to control range, to defuse a guy who I think is a pretty dangerous challenger in Jared Cannonier, um, just to control the fight from from beginning to end. Super impressive. Uh, super not fun to watch. Just not fun to watch at all. And again, if you're Israel Adesanya, you don't have to care about that. As long as you're making champion money, as long as the endorsements keep coming in, uh, again, it would be nice as a, as a champion, if he had some emphasis on entertainment, but that for him is secondary to just keeping that belt around his waist, keeping himself healthy, not getting, you know, taking as minimal damage as possible, not taking the kind of risks that could cause a massive upset. That's okay. That's, that's okay. I, again, not fun to watch. Fans do not have to accept it we in the media don't have to accept it we in the media don't have to go like oh well everything he does is great cuz it's not it's true it, it's not it's not fun to watch but even though my number one rule is MMA is supposed to be fun that's for us for the fighters their number one rule is to win fights hold on to titles and make as much money as possible so until they're guaranteed like you know a much 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 higher salary regardless of whether they win or lose whether they're entertaining or not um I think you're going to keep seeing forms like this. and But at least I'm glad that Jed brought up like George St. Pierre, John Jones and other champions who... Sure. Listen, you hold onto the belt long enough, you're going to have some stinkers in there, unfortunately. And we just might be in that stinker phase with Israel uh, mm-hmm. Adesanya and we kind of have to hope that whoever he fights, uh, whoever defends against next, Alex Pereira and Andre Muniz maybe, Tricas Tuplessis, I don't know, a bunch of other names that could uh, coming up at 185. Hopefully, can help him redeem uh, the back half of his his title run because I I I understand people's frustrations right now.
2: I think it's important I mean, to make the decision. No, no go for it, Jed. Go for it. I was just gonna say. I mean,
6: look, here's here's the real, but not concern or whatever. I guess, but he's had what for this is fifth title defense, right? Five, yeah. Arguably, half of them have been snoozers. Like, yes, Anderson Silva had some bad ones. He also mostly turned in world class highlights izzy has given us some but if the the reality is if the book is just if you don't try to fight izzy he won't try to fight you back and there can be a run of contenders who are comfortable losing 50 45s in light touch kickbox point sparring like that is awful like that's that's just not i don't i don't want to see i and alex but we'll set aside the paheya box for now But like, I don't want that to be the future here is, okay, well, I know how Izzy can't, won't kill me if I don't run headlong into his punches. So I'll just stay in this range and get picked slowly to death. That's going to be awful if that's our next two years of watching every dude come up. And it's like, he can do more. He doesn't need to, but again, if he's not going to, I'm going to keep firing the criticism at him. And he also doesn't have to give a shit what I think. I'm some dude on the internet. Who cares what I think? But it's honestly, my biggest issue has been the like counter backlash to people being like, that fight sucked. Like, no, it was great. He's all he has to do is win. Like, cool. You're technically true. But like, I don't know. I like to have fun, man. And that was a really lame ass ending to what was otherwise a really good card.
2: And I think it's important to make the distinction that you just pointed out, which is that no one's saying Izzy sucks. Like that would just be an objectively stupid thing to say. He's obviously the best middleweight
6: fighter in the world.
2: Yeah, He's obviously the best middleweight in the world. He's probably the second best middleweight of all time at this point. And he's a top three pound for pound fighter in the sport. Like however you want to put it out there like Izzy is obviously a very very talented fighter that does not mean he is above criticism that's all we're saying but I want to throw it to what's next though because obviously what's next is actually very exciting in my mind all of this regardless of what we're saying for the first 20 minutes of all of this I am stoked for what's next because to me the idea of Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya 3 in MMA after what we just saw Alex do tonight, is extremely exciting. It's something that could maybe change this entire dynamic that we're talking about, and it's maybe something that could bring that fire back out of Izzy. AK, when you look at that fight, is that what you see? Is this something that gets you excited, that, that you feel could end this little streak that we've had now for two years of, of maybe lackluster fights from this guy?
5: Yeah, I I, I am. I, I'm, I know I'm the prince of positivity, so people can say I'm being too optimistic, but stylistically, stylistically excuse me, I think it just makes a lot of sense that Alex Pereira will definitely—it's one thing to say you're not intimidated and to not be afraid, uh, which, again, I, I feel like Jared Cannier was kind of coming from that sense. I, I didn't get the sense he was intimidated. He just doesn't have the skill set to challenge uh, Izzy on the beat. He doesn't. He just well, doesn't. I, yeah, Alex Pereira, there's no question. I mean, there's no question. If it's primarily a striking battle, even though it's not kickboxing against MMA, it's a little different. If it's primarily a striking battle, he's going to be very comfortable. He's going to have his moments there's it's it's a very believable it's it's totally believable that he, he could win this fight it's very believable i know everyone's afraid now well is is are we going to see uh uh is he gsp uh and Yeah should they fight i don't know that's possible i mean if he was able to suddenly become a wrestler for 25 minutes that kind of would be fascinating in its own way but i do Michael think Page, um,
2: paul daly all over again
5: <laughs> yeah but i do think if it becomes a stand-up if fight he does I, that, I, i've expected
2: if he does that i respect shit. it <laughs> right I totally respect I, would just laugh. He,
5: I would just laugh if
6: he does it i support it a hundred percent because anarchy is funny and <laughs> it was an objectively correct thing and i yeah. will never stop bitching about it yeah. <laughs> because like literally the one middleweight fight you can sell me on that could be fun and i'm gonna be honest i have a lot less confidence that that trilogy fight's gonna be fun because i don't know have you guys watched the first two I assume you've I seen have, the knockout, but yeah. have you actually no, watched yeah. the fights? The, it the, like they were,
2: uh, yeah. they
6: were mostly fun fights. I, mm. I think Izzy won won the first one, and I thought he was clearly winning the second one before he got killed. Uh, I would also say that demonstrably, Israel Adesanya is a substantially less fun and much more risk-averse fighter than he was with big old kickboxing gloves, and he doesn't have those. And for as much as I, you can't trust anything he says at this point because he's just straight up lied to us a bunch about how he was going to kill Jared Cannonier And I was going to come out and put him in a urn or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just, so when he says, you know, well, when Alex says I killed him in 16 ounce boxing gloves, imagine what I'm going to do with four ounces. And then Izzy's response is imagine what I'm going to do in four ounces. My answer now is you're probably going to stay as far away from him as possible. Kick the legs, work your jab, work angles, uh, be a technically superior fighter, but no way put yourself in danger. Not oh, you're going to kill him with four ounce gloves. <laughs> That's just not. He yeah. hasn't shown us that, so that would be ridiculous. And so, and, and, I think that fight could suck. Is I guess my sure. my end point. <laughs> it could. There's but a high just, probability.
5: It could. But let me just say, we are in the thick of you know a really bad stretch of fights for him. It, there, there's there's just no reason to assume he can't pull out of it because again, Anderson Silva people have erased from their memory the Patrick Cote, Talos Laties, Damian Maya trilogy of title fights. They just don't talk no, about it. No, those three are, have, no. Those three are... No, no. Those three are... No one that at all. They talk about them all Damian's the time. same thing. It's not the, the Damian same thing. The Damien
2: Maia ones talk about no, a lot. It's not the, the same and thing. and Cote ones why it's not the same thing because in between those fights there was yeah. one fight you there, excluded there was a for, which happened there was a to be griffin one of the fight. most ridiculous okay, things we have
5: ever seen yes. in the history right. of the sport With forest the forest Griffin, griffin fight, fight, which was not a title fight it was i'm gonna murder
2: your fight. point and, in a
6: minute and, AK, it's, an op- please and stay. it's an
5: opportunity it's an opportunity that andrew that israel will never will never get he'll never get a chance to go up and fight some like some token light heavyweight fight that just won't happen today's ufc so that's not fair to him like if anderson silva did not have the forrest griffin fight and that fight was incredible one of the all-time great highlights People are ta- then people will talk more about the Kote, Leite's, Maya, three straight title fights. Again, yes, interrupted by the Forrest Griffin fight. Those are all time stinkers. So if if, if his career ended at the Damian Maya fight and we're only looking at that, then we'd be like, oh, yeah, this guy's title reign sucks ass. So this could happen with Izzy. Again, maybe the Podetta fight turns out to be a snoozer. Maybe uh, Andre Muniz, he fights him. That turns out to be a snoozer. I don't know. Maybe the- you're right. Maybe there's three more snoozers on the way. But it's, like, it's just crazy to me to assume that, like, I, that to assume that he, he he's just has, is never going to be exciting again. Because again, if you had seen the Kote, Late's and Maya fights, you could have easily said the same thing about, about Anderson Silva. Like those fights are so, so bad. Uh, I don't know if people haven't seen them or they're just so far away that people just feel like – and again, or because he redeemed himself with so many of his fights after – those fights are terrible, horrible, horrible title defenses. As bad as what you've seen with the Romero fight, as bad as what you saw with Izzy and Kenanir tonight, the Vittori fight, whatever one you want to point to, they're so, so bad. So recency bias is very much against uh, Izzy. And again, I, I, and I say it's more than fair to criticize what he's done. But to criticize in advance and say, well, I think all his fights going forward are going to be boring too is absurd.
2: I agree with I, I. totally agree in that respect. And I know Jed, you're just like on a on a bit of a down note right now. I I disagree with you with that Pereira fight. I think that's going to be fireworks. I think. That's gonna I be hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I, I think I, you're maybe caught up in the moment a little too much. But no, because I'm this is how I felt
6: after the Yan fight. Because like, here are my two points, and then we can go on to whatever you guys want to talk about. One, uh, Izzy's had 13 fights in the UFC. There are between five and seven of them are are not fun. Uh, depending on your definition. Like, I know that the Anderson Silva fight won Fight of the Night. I distinctly remember thinking that that fight was bad and that Izzy let an old man not die because he, like, either felt bad or just was too much of a counter-striker. And the more that goes on, it feels like, oh, he just really won't generate his own offense. If you're not going to give him something to key off of, he's just going to kick you in the leg and sit there forever. Which, again, winning strategy, but, like, nobody was defending Carlos Farz's title... (laughs) against Rosnam Yunus with an awful and boring winning strategy just is what it is so there's a I'm saying there's a strong argument that literally half of his fights in the UFC have actually not been very entertaining which is a condemnation that Anderson Silva certainly didn't have he had three snoozers not half his career and- up until that point though but
2: up until that point
6: the all Damian right. Maia up until the Damian Maya fight
2: all right I do I do feel like we're going in circles a little bit oh. yeah is his so so career over there's so like, much like, left, is left to- over there's so much left on this card. I, I want to put a pin on this and I want us to be able to move on. Two last quick things. I think, Jed, you and I were sort of talking about this on Twitter. Like the the Pereira at a senior fight, to me, has the potential to be, and it might already be the highest combined striking striking acumen oh, between sure. any two championship fighters in the history of the ufc just with what those two men have done in kickboxing and sort of the qualifications and the accolades they bring into there i don't i can't think of a, of a close second maybe there's one out there i'm not thinking of i would love to if in the you ufc there's it. but yeah to UFC, me that not. is the two most accomplished striking acumens we have ever seen collide in a championship fight in the ufc which is very very cool i'm very excited for that also guys real quick uh, how long ago do you think the Anderson silva Patrick Cote fight was?
6: Just guess. Oh, I'm, I'm really – I don't want to be told how old I am tonight. That doesn't sound <laughs> you Oh, you're, you're about to
2: me. be. You're about uh, to be.
6: Uh, 2009?
2: 14 years old. That fight was 14 years that? ago.
6: How old is that?
2: 2008. You were almost right.
6: Oh, it was close. Okay. Say, because it was relatively early into so, his
2: career. I think a lot of our audience probably hasn't seen that fight, if we're being real. Good, Uh, and don't don't seek it it. out. Don't seek it out. You're good. Let's move on.
0: on. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down.
1: and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources
2: let's move on because we still have so much to hit i need to go back to alexander volkanovsky because good lord jed uh the champ felt like a man who fought pissed off tonight and i'm curious for your thoughts because that was utterly impressive and i'm right there with mike Heck that he is now my number one pound for pound guy in the world
6: i got no issues you want pound for pound i have uh, i correctly had volkanovsky over holloway the whole time um I think he very clearly beat Max Holloway two times and maybe beat him the third though on rewatch on multiple rewatches I give Holloway the second one but he he did everything everything right tonight I mean there's not a lot to expound upon from what Mike said he pitched a really perfect game I it's one of those things that we're not going to know in the moment uh but hindsight will tell. I have a sneaking suspicion that for as good as Volkanovski was tonight, and there's I want to be extremely clear, I thought that was as impressive a performance fist fighting inside the UFC cage as I've ever seen. Think to some extent, I maybe have questions that at least a little tiny portion of it is max on on the fall-off. Um, could be wrong, and it could just be that Volkanovski's use of of cutting angles, his pivots off of exchanges were f- unbelievable. Uh, His speed was clearly ahead, but it it did feel like Max was flat from the jump, Uh, and I I think that there is maybe, you know, maybe a bit of a question on. Okay, maybe Max finally is is losing his fastball just a touch here. But regardless, Ogrenovsky is the best featherweight in the world. I. I hate that we're going to do him at lightweight. It bothers me so, so much. Um, I mean, it's fine. Like, sure, whatever. I'll watch him because the fights will be great because one of the three best fighters in the world, if not the absolute best fighter in the world for, you know, based on weight and size. But he hasn't cleaned – they said it so many times – And it's so objectively false. He hasn't cleaned out his weight division. He beat Max Holloway three times. It's incredibly impressive. Beating one dude three times not cleaning out a weight division. Beating number seven guy, according to the UFC rankings, who's also 100 years old and really shouldn't be number seven in Chan Sung Jung, that's a solid win. That's no way cleaning out the rankings. And the Brian Ortega win is a great win. He's beaten three guys in their top 10, two in the top five. It's not cleaning out a division. Uh, I think he did say after the fight that he wants the winner of Ortega Rodriguez. Uh, if he can't go up for lightweight. So that's at least something, but it's going to be a recurring theme with kind of the various talking points moving off of this card. I want to see the best fighters in their weight classes fight the other best dudes in their weight classes. And right now, between the weights of 135 and 170, There are a bunch of hot shit prospects coming up, and I would like to see them get a chance to advance and fight some of the older guard instead of having Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler fight each other and squat on rankings, instead of Alexander Volkanovsky not fighting any of the four dozen dope-ass featherweights that are up and coming to go chase another belt because Conor McGregor broke MMA seven years ago or whatever the hell it is. Like, I would rather see him clean out his division and then move up. I recognize why he wants to do it. And if he does, I'm still going to tune into that fight because it's awesome. But I want more of tonight where I can go, damn, Volkanovski is just so much better than everybody. Look at him tune up the second best featherweight in the world and really style on him from pillar to post. Like, it was an incredibly impressive performance. Mm-hmm. And I want more of those instead of this kind of, fantasy ritual life chasing of ooh go get another belt and another belt and another belt like that's i don't i don't need that in my life at this moment in time
2: okay get you in here i mean were you i'm gonna hit you with the three-parter here were you surprised a by the level of dominance that we saw tonight from the champ b do you do you think he's the number one pound for pine fighter in the world are you with me and mike and c what do you think of jed what just said about the lightweight experiment all of it do you want to do you want to see this you want to see him to defend the title where you want to go see this go
5: uh, I was a little surprised just how, dom- uh, how dominant he was tonight. Uh, even though I've been on the Volkanovski is better than Holloway bandwagon like this whole time since their first fight, after their second fight, like I believe he's a superior fighter, I still thought like on paper it's like such a close matchup. And I, I, was, I, I said this would be a more convincing win for Volkanovski. I said he would hurt or rock um, Max in this fight. I don't know if he really rocked him, but he definitely opened up a – Hellaciously disgusting cut uh over his eye that had me think this one could have been ended like you know it could have been ended in between rounds at any moment. So in some ways I was right. So uh but I, but even with all the things that I the little details that I predicted, I'm still surprised it was like as one sided as it was. Like this was a real if you had not seen the first two fights, you know you wouldn't understand why this third fight was even happening. Like that's how dominant it was, which is just which is just crazy. I just never thought we'd reach that point, and I don't think it has anything to do with. Uh, or a little bit to do with uh, Max Holloway having lost a step. I mean, just he's fought so many times. But it has way, way, way more to do with Volkanovski just completely being on like another level. Uh, he was brilliant tonight. Uh, I, I couldn't have predicted, again, that level of dominance in my wildest dreams. Uh, but yeah, he is. Uh, he's the best. He's the best. Will he be number one on my pound for pound? Uh, again, I think as everyone knows by now, in general with my rankings, probably especially with my pound for pound, I'm pretty slow to move people up. Uh, I have him at four right now, but I don't see now why I would not put him above Francis Ngannou. Why I would not potentially put him above Israel Adesanya? I might not. I got to think about it, but I'm I'm keeping Kamara Usman number one. Um, I know Usman has been inactive. I know it's you know we want to just see him fight more. There's all these good names he should be fighting to hold on to his top pound for pound spot, but. He has a fight coming up. We'll see how things go with Leon Edwards. He just hasn't done anything to lose the spot for me. So Vol- Volkanovski has a very strong case, but I think two is about as high as he can go in my rankings. And that could change if he does go up to lightweight and like takes out Charles Oliveira or takes out Islam Makachev. I wouldn't favor him in either of those matchups. But if by some chance he was able to do that, I mean, my goodness, it would it would definitely rethink my whole thing as where this guy stands, uh, you know, across all divisions. He's just he's just a brilliant fighter. So. Uh, I'm, I'm, but I'm with, Jed, I'm with Jed though. It's like, as I'm interested in seeing that because it'd be fun. Like if you say, Hey, Volkanovsky is going to fight Charles Oliveira or Volkanovsky's going to fight Imakachev for a vacant belt. I'd be like, cool, cool fight. Yeah. Sign me up. That's great. But it's definitely not a necessity because yeah, the idea that he's cleaned out his division is crazy. Just look at these names that he could potentially fight. If Yair beats Brian Ortega, he's fighting a That's a great fight. That's a great fight. I'd heavily favor Volk, but that's a cool fight. Josh Emmett just had a huge win. He's on a five fight win streak. You don't want to see him fight Josh Emmett. Yeah. Mulsar Avloyev looks like an absolute killer. he looks like a future champion. We're saying the division is cleared out with him out of him fighting Mulsar, Arnold Allen Smart nine and out zero in then. the UFC, Bryce Mitchell six and zero in the UFC. These guys are not like Nelia Soporia.
2: Elliot, come on. Eliasberg, yeah,
5: well I think it's I I just I, the only thing with him is I I hope he comes he does stay at uh, does go back down to 145. I, it's it's a bit tough for him to make 145 consistently, but he should be in there. So all those guys we just mentioned, those are all great matchups from Volkanovsky over the next 2 years, guys who will fight their way into position for a title shot. So why why would people not want to see him, you know, again build up that uh that those defenses so he, so he could finally, Jed, truly be the consensus greatest featherweight in the world. <laughs> I know your favorite. I mean, yeah.
6: Look, I'm. I want to be really clear. I think he has a great, like a really good chance yes. to take that title. I think it yeah. is categorically insane to give him that title at this moment in time. But
2: you're, been, saying you know, it, he, you're saying the goat. You're saying the goat, not the not the number one in the world right now.
6: Oh no, no. I yeah, yeah. Okay. again he's he's my no he's gonna be my number two. Now when Usman beats Edwards, Usman will reclaim the two spot and Volk will move down to three because I, I functionally have a scoring system and that's just how it works. But he's my number two behind Izzy, and I am honestly considering docking Izzy points for being boring as shit. Um because <laughs> All right,
2: we're not, we don't need Because Volk isn't boring. I'm cutting it right Let's here. be clear I'm cutting
6: it right Volk ain't boring. Like he's if, not. if that if that fight was That fight is maybe not rewatchable just because it was so pillar to post, but that wasn't a boring fight in any stretch of the imagination.
2: It's interesting because I sort of find myself in the same spot as you, AK, where I don't know that I necessarily need to see Volk go to Lightweight. I'm intrigued by the possibility, but the timing on it is a little weird, right? Like Lightweight is so unsettled right now. We don't really have a champion, obviously. Charles Oliveira wants to fight Conor. You have Islam sort of sitting out there who deserves that fight. Timing feels weird to me, so I would like to see Volk do what Jed's saying and, and start racking through just these Yair's and the Evloyev's and all of, all of the incredible talent that's bubbling up at 145 right now. We did a ranking show on this just very shortly, uh, not too long ago, where we were talking about all this talent. It's incredible how much is at 145 right now. But I will say if anybody deserves it to go to the chance to do that, to become sort of that guy in history where you had two belts, Volk feels like that guy who deserves it. Cause he's, he's coming out here. He's incredibly active for a champion and he is just putting the, he's taking people down to the woodshed at this point. Like it is ridiculous how good he's looking out there. Uh, but let's move on fellas, because there's still so much left to hit on this card. We're already so deep into this show. Uh, Alex Pereira, my God, he uh, almost murdered Sean Strickland.
0: That's he almost world.
2: murdered Sean Strickland tonight. That was absurd. Um, I'll start on Sean's end because uh, we already talked a little bit about Alex. A.K., rate Sean Strickland's game plan out of 10. <laughs> Gymnastics score.
5: Uh, it's a, You know, listen, it's a solid one. It's a solid <laughs> one. If, if, only, if only because, listen, it's the last thing that Panetta's team might expect. They're like, there's, there's no way he'll never is see gonna, this coming. Yeah, he's not gonna try. It. We, we, didn't even train. We didn't even train this because he's not gonna stand at range with us and try and like, you know, to, just do a classic with his, hands down. You know? with his
6: hands down. With his hands down,
5: he, he won't see it coming. It's genius. Uh, I tweeted this earlier, uh, guys. You know, I'm, 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 I'm all the way. Hashtag keep the martial arts apart. You know, I'm all about that. I, I, I know, I, I'm fighting, I'm fighting a, a battle from the, from the, uh, the inside. Out. I work for com. I know it sounds crazy. I'm trying to separate the martial arts a little more, but um, it's a great website. But uh, Sean Strickland, maybe, just maybe, you should just maybe mix the martial arts a little bit. Just considered mixing the martial arts or picked, or picked a different tag. martial art. Just the, just yeah, or, or if you weren't going to mix them, maybe pick wrestling, maybe pick <laughs> jiu-jitsu, maybe I don't, uh, 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 capoeira. I don't know. Something else besides kickboxing. That was not the way to go tonight
6: here's the thing he he didn't kickbox either he stood there at target practice because he pumped a jab a couple of times but there was not i uh i when he walked out i thought he looked weird and maybe that's just you know monday morning quarterback or whatever i'm such armchair psychologist but when he walked to the cage and got in there i immediately was like oh Pereira's gonna kill him. And I was uh, I was texting with Connor and, and Rick, and I was like, I'm just gonna smash Pereira by KO bet right now because Strickland looks like he's not about to do anything resembling a smart thing, and he sure didn't. That was a minus seven for a game plan, just all of the negatives. He just walked forward in two shots with his hands down. I've I honestly can't remember a game plan I thought was worse. Like, maybe maybe rose's plan to try to retain her title by literally doing nothing for 25 minutes but i, I even that feels better than getting brain trauma like that was an awful plan it was hilarious
2: it's, it's it's bizarre to me because at this time last year alex Pereira was still like a two division glory champion like this is not something that happened years ago like izzy where like izzy was kickboxing years ago Alex Pereira was like a two-division champion last year at this exact moment. Uh that's certainly a choice if you're gonna try to kickbox solely with, with that guy. Um just the way that all of this has played out, though, guys. Like we have had our eyes on Alex Pereira ever since he came into the UFC around November came in with that monster-flying knee knockout, then all of a sudden we were on Izzy Watch, basically, of just how quickly... What's the quickest way that UFC can acceptably expedite this man into this very intriguing fight with Israel Adesanya? And, and credit to the matchmakers. They did a phenomenal job of figuring out a way to get this guy a somewhat justified title shot in a division where he's really only fought a couple times, sport where he's really only fought a couple times, and he probably doesn't actually deserve any of this, but now there's enough to say at least, hey, like... We gave him a shot. Like, he, we, it didn't just speed him up there. So, I wonder. I mean, Alex Pereira is three fights into his UFC career. He's seven fights total into his MMA career. Is there a real chance that this man does something unprecedented in his next fight? It's an
6: incredibly real chance. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to go ahead and pick him just because a lot of time, who knows what will happen. But, like... I think there's a real opportunity just because I look before the, before Sean Strickland had the worst game plan, probably in the history of modern mixed martial arts. uh Pereira <laughs> honestly just was like, and some of this is just that it was just target practice for him. But like he came out with a lot of really, really good ideas. Like he was very, very active. He was moving very, very well. He wasn't letting Strickland get any sort of, like Strickland was walking forward, I struggled to use the word pressure because of the way he was fighting, but he he was not allowing himself to be moved back behind the inner lines of the cage. Like, and then he just teed off, and I think Israel Adesanya is a better quote unquote kickboxer than Alex Beira. But if if Izzy if that Izzy fights, I don't don't want to talk about it too much. I will say this. There is a downside to fighting super cautiously that is rarely spoken about. And while it seems like it is an effective way to minimize risk, there is a real risk to allowing someone like Alex Paheya to fight you for 25 minutes instead of trying to knock them out in five minutes. Because giving that dude – look at that dude – his arms are infinitely long, and his fists are the size of toasters. He is literally genetically designed to punch the ever-loving crap out of things. Leverage in mass, baby. And if you give that dude 25 minutes to just decide, screw this, I'm just going to step forward behind a left hook, and I'm going to kill you, there's like a real chance that happens. And I don't, like, if Izzy fights the way he fought tonight, I think there's, it's a 50-50 shot frankly that that the kills him so it will be super weird when a guy that i am not confident can beat like seven middleweights uh it could suddenly become our champion but this is also the division where michael bisping was champion and there were like five welterweights i would have picked to kick michael bisping's ass at the time so you know middleweights just sort of middleweight it's how it goes weird division
2: A.K. jets calling this 50 50 do you is that how you see this Gosh, I mean,
5: I, I would lean toward Izzy just because he's the champ. Again, this isn't exactly kickboxing. Again, there's the, the, you know the striking is just a little different. But how different can it be? It, it's still two guys standing up, punching each other, kicking each other. It's unless unless Israel at Disney really plans to sort of maybe like I don't know utilize the clinch more, or again suddenly start shooting for single legs. It Do can't you want be. Izzy? Like- D1 Izzy. So let me see D1 Izzy. It can't be like that different from their kickboxing. It's not. I know it's not – I'm not saying it's the same, but it's also – it can't be that different. But again, Izzy did really well in both of those fights with Alex Pereira. So you know, there's no reason to assume that Alex Pereira has some like crazy striking advantage. So uh, I, I don't know if I go 50-50, but I'm thinking Izzy 60-40, which sounds crazy when you consider Izzy has something like 20-something MMA fights and uh, Alex Pereira has – seven 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 after tonight I eight i'm sorry eight i think um but yeah listen mma is supposed to be fun and for anyone complaining i see oh my gosh a fun it's, fun fight it's such fun a fun idea Peter. it's a, a fun it's a, idea isn't this what combat sports or MMA is about? The mixing of the martial arts. Oh, this guy's a great kickboxing fighter. He's he's one of the best kickboxers in the world. Let's see how he does against one of the UFC's best fighters. That's cool. That's what MMA is supposed to that's it's supposed to be fun like that. People saying, like, I want to see him fight and one more contender first. Oh, he needs to go through Derek Brunson. Like he needs to go through out of he, needs here to with go, that. he needs to go through Jack Hermanson. <laughs> like, really? You wanna see who cares? Why do you want to do you, the question is this do you want to see him want fight? Do you want to see him fight Israel Adesanya? I imagine most people would say yes. So why put another hurdle in the way of that? Just make it happen. Just make it happen. Dude, it's fun. It's fun. He
6: does Not what Strickland was. It's like you said, Sean. This was the perfect matchup. Strickland can yes, be perfect. Top, it, like Padilla is going to be a top five middleweight in the UFC's rankings, and certainly I would suspect in our top ten come this month. Like, which again just adds to is he. So we're clear when I say that Izzy is like the one dude who has legitimately cleaned out his division. He has two wins over the number one guy. He just got a win over the number two. This is the UFC's rankings, but, you know, their organization, we can't knock him for not beating Gegard Mousasi in our rankings, who won't be there anyway. Uh, He's got a win two wins over number three guy in Marvin Vittori, Uh, Sean Strickland, who's about to be replaced by Pareda. And he's got a win over Derek Brunson, albeit a long time ago. That's number five. Number six is Paulo Costa, who he has a win over. Uh, win over Kelvin Gastelum, who's number 10. Like, Izzy has legitimately cleaned out the middleweight division, and Pereira's going to slot into a top five spot. It's like a perfect fight. Makes all the sense in the world. And it's fun.
2: It's totally perfect. It's incredibly fun. It's obviously the fights make. Anyone who's arguing otherwise is just uh, stupid. Yeah, like that's much. it like you like you just oh, you just hate fun that's you harsh. just, hate, you yeah, just you hate fun things like yeah. i enjoy fun things so i want to see this it's a fun fight but also i will say the lead up to it has the potential to be incredibly fun right because we saw i don't it. know man i can't no, deal else no, another no,
6: no. elsa rerun
2: hold like, on that is... hold on though well, hold on though because he's gonna be frozen jed think about how long izzy has been getting questions about this guy like like he is so sick of answering questions about Alex Pereira in these two fights. Mm-hmm. And we saw it come out twice this week uh, throughout the fight week. Step. He did it at, at the media day and he also get, did it at the press conference where he almost just got like frustrated with like asking, have you guys watched the fight? Have you actually watched those two fights? And just getting like actually kind of mad about continually being asked about this dude. Alex doesn't know English uh, as far as I can tell. Like he doesn't seem like he's very versed in English, but I think still regardless of that, that the, the lead-up to this could be incredibly fun because he has the one thing that no one else has in this entire division, right? He has bragging rights over this dude. And like scoreboard, like an dude. incredible highlight over this guy. And he can just keep calling scoreboard. And at a certain point, you know that's going to get on Izzy's nerves. And I'm so excited to see what like an Izzy fired up, like fired up, mad, pissed off, Volkanovsky type tonight, pissed off Izzy could do. Because I think that's going to just make this be incredibly fun
6: i would be right it really really could be it's gonna be super weird to see izzy just rage silently against as far as i can tell Per just simply does not care <laughs> he, he's ice he really cold has, man he is, is ice he is cold very cool in that he just doesn't care at all which rules i don't know if it's the best to sell a fight but it's gonna be weird to watch izzy rage at him and he's just like dude whatever uh i already knocked you out <laughs>
5: I I need Izzy to commit more to this Disney cartoon trash talk oh. thing because the Elsa Frozen line ob- obviously t- hot fire hot fire the first time yeah and then straight up reggaeton air horns the second time I need him to start going like like oh I'm gonna beat him so badly that nobody's gonna be talking about Alex after this fight so we don't talk about Alex after this fight is over uh, it's gonna be incredible how badly I, I'm, gonna him, I'm gonna turn him I'm gonna turn him I'm gonna turn him inside out. You guys know what I'm saying? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, that I'm gonna go be Cars.
2: Better.
5: I'm gonna go Cars three on his ass. Like that's it. Like just co- really commit
2: to it. I don't is know. There no really, is there a third Cars movie? There is a third no, Cars I movie. Have no idea. I would
6: you'll, also you'll, be you'll, okay with you know, him committing to just saying the Elsa line over and over again. Yeah, for yeah. The next it's, gonna <laughs> it's
5: gonna land eventually. It's gonna land eventually.
6: You just gotta find the window. We're just. I uh, feel like the, the more going. you say.
5: I, there's one thing I know about comedy, Jed. It's the more you say a joke, it's the funnier it gets. It gets.
6: Oh, yeah. yeah. Comedy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tried that's the
3: one true. of the, the
6: principal mm-hmm. rules yeah. is comedy is less fun the newer it is.
3: Exactly. That's right. That's right. That's oh, correct. <clears throat> Real quick, happy birthday, AK.
6: No, stop. Happy birthday, AK.
5: Happy,
3: happy, happy birthday, birthday AK. Okay. Oh, wait, is it Sunday already? It's, it's still not my birthday. It's, it's
2: still clearly not my birthday. your
6: birthday.
5: Well done, Casey.
2: Um, a plus work on, on the mic. There. And on that note, Casey, I'd like to get you in here. Uh, it's we've already like an hour deep. I know it's like four thirty for you two gentlemen. So uh let's start taking some fine. fan questions. Uh and let's let's talk a little bit about the rest of this card because I wanna actually go. Oh, we lost Jed.
6: I'm still here. Where did my video go?
2: Yeah, you'll get there uh so real real quick there was so much on this card we were talking about it in pre in the pre all of this the the pre lead up to this about how every fight had something that you could like every fight had a little nibble for you i'm gonna go rapid fire real quick and then we're gonna answer some fair questions what's the one fight outside of these main three that stood out to you gentlemen jed
6: i mean oh from just performance like whose whose performance
2: comes away from it for you
6: uh i mean honestly it's the rest of this card ruled, but it is exactly the performance I thought it was. I thought Jalen Turner was going to stomp yes, over Brad Riddell. That's the right answer.
2: Let's Who I go. believe
6: is very good. We talked about it in the People's Pre-Fight Show, where I was like, I think Jalen Turner is a legit top five future title challenger. This dude rules, and I think Brad Riddell is very, very good. I have him ranking currently, no longer after this. And I think Jalen Turner is going to beat the brakes off him, and it was, I was, that was a murder like they're there that was on un, unreal shit and Jalen turner rules uh i'm really excited to watch this dude go and lightweight forever the best division in the sport still just keeps getting better man Jalen turner armin sarukian matush gamrot uh who else we got rolling around there in the top of that division i can't remember off the top of my head right now there's one other hot shit pro- oh uh R- R- rafael Fazeev. those dudes all rule and that's I, I want to see them fighting the top dudes. I don't want to see the top dudes fighting that same like old-ass five fighters just going at each other. Let the new blood come in, because I think they're going to stomp all over the old guard.
2: Preach. I, if I had control over Casey's air horn right now, I would have been bashing it, that whole entire answer. <laughs> it, <laughs> the, the answer for me was Jalen Turner, too. I... I, I been on this train with you for, for a long time now, Jed. We are being proven right in real time, and it's really spectacular to see because that was ridiculous. Doing that to, to Brad Riddell in 45 seconds, mm-hmm. that's that's the type of thing that opens people's eyes. Like Jalen Turner has sort of been on this Vicente Luque run a little bit where he was doing all of this very quietly, somehow exacting tremendous violence from all of these fights, but somehow staying under the radar. I think that ends after tonight. That was the type oh, he, of fight that- he ain't that, no radar. Yeah. He is all on board right now. A.K. What was your standout performance?
5: Uh, hard target against Jalen Turner, uh, but I was—you know what—I was super impressed by well, a lot of people. Uh, I want to say, you get, say one. Andri- you get one. Okay, <laughs> I, okay. I want to say, Andri- I, I'm cheating now. I want to say, Andre Menez, <laughs> but the fight wasn't super exciting. So I'll go with—I'll go with someone who we had a lot of doubts about before. Uh, young, young Ian Gary, still 24 years old, one of two the futures on the card. His hands look damn good. And Gabe Green's a good fighter. Like, Gabe Green's a good fighter. Could mm-hmm. um, Gabe Green have, like, kind of done more against to, You know, gotta mix the martial arts, try and, you know, try things. He was landing shots, too, though. I mean, Gabe Green's got good power in his hand. So he was landing the occasional shot. He just wasn't stringing together combinations like Ian Gary was. Uh, you know, again, d- does Ian Gary still need to be tested? Yeah, but they, I love, I love how uh, the O.C. has built him up. We said this before, I think, like, we, th- we said, Gabe Green's the perfect matchup for him. It absolutely was the perfect matchup for him. Tested him just enough, not someone who's like obviously not out of his realm of, of, uh, of challenge. And this kid's got a bright future. I, I hope they keep building up the right way. I hope they're not like me who, went. you know, once a guy goes 3-0 and in the UFC, you start going like, oh, can we throw him in the top 20, top 15? Um, Walter Wade is still pretty deep. And I hope they keep him again in that, you know, 30 to 40 range of opponents. You give him a couple more of those. He's, again, only 24 years old. And by the way. Shout-outs to him on the name change. Uh, Shout-outs to him on the name change. I saw a lot of people cracking jokes. Listen, he added them. He So people saw – I don't know they saw on the show. He's now, He is now Ian Machado, Machado. Gary, as mm-hmm. is his wife, uh, Layla. She's also Layla Machado Gary uh, because – and she has a child from a uh, previous marriage who has that name as well. And they have a ch- – and uh, Ian and Layla have a child coming along now and he's also going to have that name so they just did it so it's easier for the kids and uh you know down down with the patriarchy you know what i'm saying guys i I know all them i know all the MMA fans are with me on this one you know down with the patriarchy right who cares i think that's a very manly thing for ian gary to do and uh most importantly though he's a heck of a fighter and and a heck of a prospect so good and good so good job for him and good job ufc matchmaker so far keep uh keep it going with this with this guy
2: I I i will say i will say real quick uh you're right, AK. Good job by him by doing that. But it's not as if he was adapting a poor uh, middle or last name, right? Like Machado's a pretty legendary Race name thing. in martial arts. Race it's like thing. me it, adding it Ali his career. to my name. It, it, does, does it looks cool. career. Yeah, like, it's like it's it'd be like me adding Ali or Foreman or Frazier or something to my name. Like, yeah, sure, I did uh-huh. it. But also that's just you a cool be thing to have in my name. <laughs> just saying. And especially uh,
6: when, like, no offense, Gary, that's not, like, the most interesting or exciting last name. Machado. He should have dropped Gary. the Gary.
5: He should
6: have dropped Which, the Gary. I mean, honestly, honestly, not the Ian, worst Ian idea to be Ian Machado. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's,
5: gotta it's got to go. I will say
6: – I'll say Ian Gary is probably the fighter who rose the most in my estimation on this card because I was already super high on Jalen Turner. Uh, I haven't been, like, super high on Gary, but he's developing really nicely. I think he's mm-hmm. he's got problems that are going to cause him issues when he finally fights someone – who he's not six inches taller than, but he, I mean, he's got a lot of skills and he's developing. Well, he added some new stuff. He's working on things. Uh, yeah. I think he rose the most in my book.
2: Casey, what was your one standout?
3: Uh, Jalen Turner. Yeah. Just because I was All so, right. I, I, I was so Let's high. In and not, not, not that I was super high on Jalen Turner. Uh, not that I'm not super low on Jalen Turner. I just didn't think I didn't like him as much as you guys did. And, like I said, I always say I love being wrong. I love being like, whoo, he is awesome. He is coming to his own, and um, yeah, he's awesome." And um, Andre Mooney's a close second, though. But as might far been, as the jump, where I saw, where, where, where kind of how I perceived him beginning of the fight till it ended, yeah, Jen and Turner.
2: Andre Mooney's might have been the best, second best middleweight on that damn card. We don't I know. I think so. He might have been. I think, I think uh, he definitely was. All right, Casey. We have a few more minutes here. Let's hit some fan questions right, before we get there out of here. We go, I pulled up some earlier. Talk, some questions about some fights we haven't talked about because we went oh, deep on. Oh,
5: please them. tell me this one about the main card opener, please. Because I got some. <laughs> I got some stuff. To, oh, I oh, see you, them already.
2: You got gas. Oh, I see you them. Oh, there's definitely.
3: Some. Oh, oh, all right. Oh, let's oh. wine. Oh. AK's wound I don't have up. Let him let how go. Gas. Oh. Let's oh, let AK We didn't talk about this at all.
6: The main card opener.
3: No. All right. Yeah. This
2: question. This question is coming from our good friend Joseph Boza, who says, "What are the thoughts of fighters and Twitter trolls claiming Pedro Munoz is scared of the Sugar Show? The Biter Sugar Show that? hasn't left uh, Vegas, AK. Please, what the hell?
5: Cool talk. I I accidentally kicked the uh, beehive earlier today with uh, <laughs> I was I said something like you know very snarky like log off if you think Pedro Munoz quit. Pretty annoying tweet. I I agree, but um I don't know. It got a lot of it got it got you know arguments against arguments for." But I think, and it's fine. People can debate the severity of the eye poke, whatever. My question is, how the hell are people saying, like, questioning whether Pedro Munoz would stay in a fight? Like Joe Rogan was, because Joe Rogan, Rogan, if Joe Rogan, that's you know, now you know it's wrong. Uh, He okay for one thing, he won the first round. Okay, the official scorecard, two two of the three judges gave it two. Oh, Munoz. did they?
6: Okay, I didn't look yeah. at the scorecard. So he probably feels like he been won. all three. He probably, yeah.
5: So he probably feels he won the first round. Now, was the worm turning in round two? I think so. I think I do think uh O'Malley was starting to do better. And I think there's a case that, yeah, maybe he was gonna go on and win the fight. Do you think Munoz is thinking about that? Do you think he's really like, oh, I took I took a couple of hard jabs there? Oh no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not gonna come back from this. I'm definitely this guy. Here's who he's fought recently, people. My voice is cracking. I'm sorry. Here's who he's fought recently. Dominic Cruz, Jose Aldo, went the distance with both of them. Uh, Jim Rivera went the distance with him, beat him. Frankie Edgar, five rounds with Frankie Edgar. We're all bums. Three rounds with Aljamain Sterling. Knocked out Cody Garbrandt. And this guy, this is the guy you're saying he has, he has like, oh, maybe like, a, one, like a, one, a couple of bad minutes against Sean O'Malley and he's quitting? He doesn't want to, what the, I'm not even going to swear because it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I, I think anyone who's, who's <laughs> Anyone is questioning that, like Pedro Munoz saying he would quit is you're insane. You're insane. Uh, There's there's why just why I haven't seen. I got literally I think I have like 200 uh, replies to this tweet. Not one gave a justifiable reason why Pedro Munoz would not continue the fight. It it makes zero. People saying he was he was he was chasing a DQ, and I'm like he is no there's no fuck that. you, you know how little control fighters have over that. Why would he risk
3: that? Guess what?
5: He just cost us a half a paycheck instead because like, there's there, no content. The,
3: the, as you're saying that, comments are rolling in. He was chasing a DQ. I really, like, would you, like, would, like would you think?
5: Like you, use logic. No. Like use your use your brain. Like why? Why he again? He, Dominic Cruz, Jose Aldo, Frankie Edgar, Alexander Sterling. He's fought all these guys. Oh, but no.
6: They're all bums.
5: No, it's, it's, no, it's Sean O'Malley sugar, who was. Sugar, too,
6: like, Sean's the truth. Oh.
5: Sean O'Malley is the guy who we felt like I got to go for a DQ win against this guy. Not Dominic Cruz. Not Jose Aldo. Not Frank Edgar, Not Aljamain Sterling. No, he decides today I'm going
3: to quit. I can't. It's too much for me. What are we doing? Freaking even Rogan didn't believe he got came in the dick. And then when he got poked in the eye, he's like, "That's barely an eye poke." And then they showed the replay again from never angle. And then the whole crowd goes, "Oh yeah, that was a pretty good eye like, poke." Like what are, what are we doing?
2: <laughs> also, the <laughs> kick in the dick was a very clear kick in the dick. I don't I didn't understand, understand yeah, that either. But like, 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 like all three of the commentators are men. Like we're all men. We all stand that getting kicked in the dick sucks, and getting kind of kicked in the dick is actually <laughs> a lot worse in a lot of cases. Yeah, like when it grazes. Like what what are we doing? <laughs> I'd rather
5: be kicking
6: dick and watch that well, main event.
5: The last thing I'll say is I, I know there's a lot of smart fans who are not questioning Pedro Munoz. So I apologize in advance for anyone to just listen to me go on about that because there's so many good fans, smart fans who know that saying he quit is absurd. But I, I just do have to address that vocal minority who are, I don't know, have this dumbass theory that he quit. Like,
6: no, <laughs> no. If you just <laughs> operate under the assumption that professional fighters are one, not scared of other professional fighters, and not trying <clears throat> with the lone exception being the time Diego Sanchez legitimately took a DQ, which savvy veteran move, uh, just assume that fighters aren't afraid of other fighters and aren't looking for ways out of fights. You're going to be right far more often than you're going to be wrong.
2: Especially a big fight like that. Like what is, uh, even if let's say that Pedro Munoz gets a DQ win over Sean O'Malley, how does that help him at all? That doesn't do anything for him at all. He is Pedro Munoz. He's oh, been he's fighting getting a chance. title shot now. Yeah, like, <laughs> so, what are we talking about? Like, like he wants... Pedro Munoz wants to go out there and knock out Sean O'Malley and then tell everyone, I told you he sucked and I'm better. Like, that's, that's all he wants. He did not That'll want fight. this. He definitely did not want this. Uh... I'm not round. confident
6: he wanted to knock him out because he was not engaging with him in any capacity. But he did want to win. Neither of them were in the first what? round. Neither were. Yeah,
2: wh- it was. What was it like? It was six minutes into the fight. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, six minutes
3: in. Yeah, like, maybe seven minutes in. Yeah.
6: I like that fight because I I now can just be like, yeah, Sean O'Malley's is actually not very good, which is good because I I've been wondering and I think I feel comfortable saying that he has a lot of offensive talent. And does not have the component parts of a functioning high-level MMA game. He had no way to he had no way to stop Pedro Munoz from just being like, I don't want to get punched by you. I'm going to stay here and kick you. And you can't do anything about it. And he couldn't. Uh so it was good. I still feel that fight was instructive.
2: One uh, one word answer, one word, one one word answer real quick. Because I threw out on Twitter, I want this to be rematched. It feels like this was the perfect matchmaking sure. and we didn't figure out what we should have figured yeah. out from it. And I got like a sea of ninety-five percent of people telling me, "Well, no, they don't deserve a rematch. Pedro doesn't deserve a rematch. Sean was clearly going to win that fight, <laughs> which is insane to me." But again, whatever. I it's watch. the internet. Uh, I want an immediate rematch. Yes, no immediate rematch
3: Jet.
6: Sure.
5: I don't okay. care.
3: Yes. Okay. I'm indi- I'm actually indifferent.
6: That's actually, I'm going to change. I'm going to change my I, I'm not, I'm not I Yeah. To so know why? No. Mainly because like I don't. I want a fun fight, and that fight won't be fun. I thought that fight was going to be awesome. I thought good fight tonight. Pedro's yeah. yeah, I thought we talked about it. Uh, yeah. I think Pedro's too smart to engage in a fight that would be fun, and it's like, dude, just do like Sean versus I don't know Songy Dong. They'll probably just throw hammers at each other. It'll be awesome. Like I don't. You don't.
2: You don't feel like Song deserves a bigger fight. I mean, Song has a bigger. I mean, fight,
6: right? So who's? I don't know who's fighting. I was just picking a name off the top of my head because I I don't want to do here give. Give Sean a veteran, aging veteran that he can maybe look good on so we can try and build him. I just want that dude to like, a dude's really exciting when he gets the fight he wants. Pedro's not going to give him that. Let's just give him somebody who will give him the fight he wants. Let's, let's have fun. I want to have fun. I spent a lot of tonight thinking about how not fun I had for the last 25 <laughs> minutes of it. So now I want to maximize my fun levels.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, oh, has- San- good San- card. Song has Sanhagen, which is spectacular. Oh, that's a. I don't want to break
6: that. That's a band. Yeah, I don't want to break yeah, that. Yeah, don't, don't break that fight up for that. Oh, oh hold on. I what? see.
5: I see. I'm sorry. I had to just one thing. People, A lot of people are saying, what, he didn't take the five minutes. Why didn't Pedro Munoz?
6: You don't get five minutes for get, an eye poke. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's yeah, not,
5: that's a thing. not a thing. That's, that's not, not a rule, you stupid asses. It's. You get five minutes for a groin kick you do not get five now if you if people want to say he he didn't take as much time as he could have gotten okay fine but there's no five he, minute rule that's not a but thing but that's not at least
2: that's not on least also, him they, he they the ask the him questions god know the word doc- before you troll the me.
6: doctor makes time the doctor makes the decision he doesn't oh get to god. take time
2: he doesn't get to choose any of this they ask him yeah. questions they, he answers the questions and then they make they decide what goes on from there pedro monos was completely out of his hands this whole time
3: Real quick, uh, one one of the benefits I've really enjoyed from um, from training the mixed martial arts is getting eye poked myself a couple of times. Well, it's
6: impossible!
3: It fucking sucks. It's awful. It's uh, and like, in in, in in that capacity, an arena full of fans, like, yeah, it's like I, we've all taken a good shot in the dick, but I don't think we've all got good eye pokes. So all the fans out there, take a good eye poke from your friends and um. Get back to us. They're
6: trying to try and fist fight. A yeah. They can try killer, to get a fist fight. Like a, yeah. a monster in a cage. Yeah. It sounds awful.
3: Yeah. <laughs> all right, Casey, what's next? Um, oh, I'm try- uh, people me give me questions outside of the top two fights, please. I'm just getting a lot of, um, bad Izzy stuff. <laughs> um,
6: I mean, those are going to be the dominance because yeah. we all, we all hate, city kickboxing and we <laughs> oppress them and we bully them and we all of us were rooting against them despite them being massive betting favorites everyone was
2: against them uh casey carpenter says who would bronx. you favor in volks versus the bronx oh, As I, I don't know man that's a good question I mean, i've stopped oh, it, I'm, I'm i'm not doubting volkanovsky anymore like like that's just not something i'm doing the I'm body the difference i'm going
3: volk i'm going volk Yeah,
2: I don't know, man. The difference in body type between them is going to be jarring if that actually is a fight that gets made. I don't know. Can Charles get any
5: respect ever? Can Charles get... I I picked him. I know. Jed, you're with me now. But, like, no. Charles is... No, I'm going to Bronx all the way.
6: It wouldn't, like, shock me if Volk could win that fight because he's one of the smartest fighters and he has a deep and diverse toolkit. But, uh, wait... It's big. That's big weight. It's a big weight class. It's big difference. Max Holloway yeah. got got beat by Dustin Poirier. Uh, Charles Oliveira hits real hard. Big
3: yeah. big dude. Former 45er. I, two 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 former 45ers fighting for the lightweight belt. He
5: would he would oh, get the submission. He would
3: he would finish the That's submission gone. that Ortega yeah. couldn't. You're trolling, Casey, because that is not <laughs> yeah. at it, it, all. It would It would
6: not shock me if Volk could win. Technically, and it's I, true. I do think that is honestly one of the better opportunities for Volk at lightweight. That, I that, really that, don't like his chances that, against Makachev.
3: Exactly. I like when you were talking earlier Makhachev, about about hating Volk Volk going up, but like I get this is an opportunity for Volk. I think Charles Oliveira is the guy if he wants to. If he wants that belt, you 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 don't go against Makachev. You don't go against the future Jay-
6: Jalen Turner. Holy. Can you imagine <laughs> the freaking optics of six, three Jalen Turner versus that's what I'm what's saying. Called, five, six. Like, oh,
3: no, I
2: really want that, this. That's what I'm saying. The body <laughs> optics at lightweight are going to be wild. If this actually happens. Cause a lot of those dudes are just huge um let's hit let's hit two more casey and then we'll get all out right, of here it's find, getting late find someone Dude, these dudes are at like 5 a.m
3: at this point yeah i do totally understand i'm honestly
6: wide awake right
3: now
5: and by the thank you thank you to, thank so you to everyone who's, who's watching and commenting we have a lot of viewers right now and it's again viewers. i don't know what it's probably in some other times it's even later so god bless let's you guys, guys for sticking around for
6: you viewers Man, you guys
5: are fantastic
2: all right this one's coming from andrew nash he says sean strickland's next move question mark takedown <laughs>
5: mix the martial, mix the martial
6: arts.
2: <laughs> That's probably a good call. He's
6: uh, about three hours too late for that takedown. Yeah,
2: season. I got
3: it. I know what to do now. <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, what do you guys think? He was number four in the UFC's um, rankings. F- it seems he, like he could have. Him? It seems like he's probably gonna end up fighting down. I could see like a off or something like that. Maybe he,
3: was Imaov Buckley just was that official? I saw. Oh yeah. That's oh yeah. yeah. Good
2: call. Good call. So, um, but something of that ilk where it's like a, a lower guy in the top. Are 10. we? How much you this should? Thing? I don't know. They'll let it.
6: They'll do it. They might just do cannoneer because they love doing that, even oh. though it's awful matchmaking.
3: It is awful matchmaking. You could do it that, but, but you is could real do that. Awful matchmaking. It's an I option. I know, but
6: like the thing is. Match look, like I am not a matchmaker, but it has always been very obvious to me that the way you should do it is when fighters win and they put enough wins in their rank, they get to fight up. And when fighters lose and are ranked, they have to fight back. And not uh-huh. like one spot back. You gotta give somebody back behind you a chance to level up. And then if you win, then you can fight somebody in the like two spaces around you and you can try to reclimb. But like that's how you don't get Tony Ferguson or like the number nine or whatever. Hey, have. Well,
2: hey, <laughs> hey, hey! Let's not come at Tony Ferguson for no reason. I'm
6: caught, well, one. I've always come at Tony Ferguson, so I'm gonna keep doing that. Being the number nine lightweight in literally any any rankings, and I think he's pretty high in ours still. Is it's just insane? Like it's just obviously insane.
2: You so, call it insane. I call it justified. What can we do? How, how we what, what can we? What <laughs> can we do? <laughs> what can we do?
5: <laughs> this, could, this, could, this could get so ugly. But how do we feel about Strickland getting the Coast uh, Rockhold loser?
6: Oh what, sure.
2: I mean, what about Andre Muniz?
6: Oh, I mean, I, I think that would be great, but I don't know that they'll do that. Um, Strickland's going to fall to, to like watch Andre Muniz.
2: I was
3: thinking Strickland like, Derek is Rentsen, like I that.
2: mean, Strickland's gonna fall to like seven or six uh-huh. in the UFC's rankings. That's kind of where yeah. Muniz should be getting. I don't know. I kind of like that. I bumped th- Muniz
5: up pretty high in my rankings after tonight. I'll tell you right. I've already like changed my rank. Like he's jump. He jumped
6: way up. Muniz is gonna be like my four. I think yeah. either three yeah. or four. No matter who he's Strickland right gets.
3: Will Strickland ever get this close to a title? Nope. No, not a, cl- not a no. chance I, th- I said and, and, before and that's, what we, that's, that's what I thought was before good, the no. fight who had the most to lose on this card yeah. and I, I always felt it was Strickland because yeah, of this situation he had the easiest route to get a title shot in a long time basically beating one top 10 fighter with uh, Jack Armanson, a borderline top 10 fighter he would have got a title mm-hmm. shot if he would have mm-hmm. beat this unranked kickboxer <laughs> tonight yeah. but um, um
5: and, and, and he doesn't have that built in I mean he did again he did some good work feuding with is he this week but he doesn't have that built-in history that Pedetta has so Pedetta, like again probably could have lost tonight especially if it was like a decision or something he probably yeah. could have lost tonight and then got another highlight reel knockout and still you know yeah into long climb back it's a long climb back and the guys he has to beat to get there oh boy it's, it's real tough so i was Dude. really optimistic about his chances even if he lost before that knocked out like this i i don't think it happens
6: I do Strickland Drick, uh, 2 plus C. That is actually the fight I would make. That's a, sure, I think I can that's that too. a very yeah. fun fight. I think Muñiz isn't fight. that fun because I think Muñiz would just kill him, and that's not a big enough jump up for Muñiz in the rankings. Mm-hmm. So give me DDP Strickland. That's where I'd book him.
3: I like that. All right. I like that.
2: Let's get one more Casey, and then we one are more, out of here. One more. Doo, 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 doo.
5: Random question while Casey's looking: How have Uriah Hall and Brad Tavares never fought? They used to train together, I guess. I think maybe they used to train together, but not anymore. I was really surprised they've somehow never been matched up or anything.
6: I feel like that's probably good that that fight's never happened because it would be a really <laughs> horrific 15 minutes.
2: No, hey, Brad Tavares that. had a hell of a yeah. tonight.
6: That fight with Jickis was sick made a very, made a very yeah. fun fight tonight. Yeah. I think a lot of that was Jickis having zero regard for his health. He's, fun to, Boy, he's, he's fun, fun to watch. Boy, DJ's fun to watch, isn't he? Real fun to watch. I like how he's from like...
5: From this middle of the first round, he looked gas. Like just, it's just, but it's just like his demeanor, like his body language, and like he leaves his mouth hanging open. I don't think he's actually tired. I think he just has this look. he
1: looked.
6: I think that some some people are just like that, but like, yeah. he uh, he looked maybe the most I've ever seen someone like be way. The moment was way too big for him. And then when he got a little tired, then he relaxed because he was so like tightly wound in that first yeah. when he was getting tuned up. As a result. And then he got a little winded, and then was a much easier, better fighter. But it's like, oh man, Drickus, you, you're a little shook right now. I see. Okay.
3: And our last question, because we haven't talked about this fight. I uh, um,
6: don't. I don't want to do it.
2: <laughs> oh, this is oh,
6: fine. I'm that okay is with not
3: this.
2: What I, that is not I what I. I thought you were going to do the sad
6: doing. fight. You didn't do the sad fight. Oh, no no one's sad that just guy's leaving.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Uh, this last one's said. coming from Rick G. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll see says, the podcast. I watched, I watched JRE to see Jessica guy on JRE. Okay,
2: Rick G wants I to keep, know Do you, you guys waiting. think Macy Barber will hold gold? Nope,
3: nope. I will? do not, although she was uh
2: definitely very loud tonight about thinking that Valentina Shevchenko has been exposed quite a bit. Um, so that's interesting. But what do you guys sure think?
6: Technically, true. the
5: last thing she wants to do is fight Shevchenko now. Shevchenko, she is just no. I mean, maybe to be fair, she said that she was me.
2: not ready. She said she was okay. not ready,
5: she's, and she said that I feel like in other interviews too. Okay, I, Didn't I only saw that,
6: that like maybe she wasn't line. ready. is not there a qualifier in front of the <laughs> not ready? The maybe
5: isn't. The maybe isn't. Is might be
6: too early for me. <laughs> I feel like that's uh, what she said.
5: No, and no, I don't think she will. And it's and, if it, and it's only because I think she, I just I have her behind prospects like Aaron Blanchfield and Casey O'Neill and, and O'Neil. Manon Firo, and so I, I she's gonna get there. Um, and this is even if Valentina like just leaves the division at some point, I, I just don't see her beating any of those names, but, but, but again, Macy Barber is a lot better than people, um, I think give her credit for, and yeah, she was, we've said this many times, she's just a victim of, you know, I want to be the youngest UFC champion ever stuff. Yeah. She, she set the bar super high for it. Didn't happen. No, but I understand, I understand why people are hard on her. Like why fans are like super critical. You put yourself out there, you put yourself out Mm -hmm. there and it's worked out well for her. Guess what guys? She's six and two in the UFC. I don't know that that would surprise people. Like that's that's, that's not a little easy. Surprising. To do.
2: That's a little. Yeah, surprising. And
5: that's a, And a division that again, I always tell people is I think it's pretty is kind of underrated. I think outside it's of course, trying to, to dominate yeah. everyone, it's a good division.
3: I can't um so she's Vision versus right. Maverick but whatever.
5: Oh that one too. Yeah, you could argue she's she's a 5 and 3. You could definitely make so, a strong case. Yeah. She's five, she's five and three in the Maverick whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh officially she's
6: 6 and 2 uh three straight well, wins. she so. she blew her knee out against against Roxy, so you know sure. as she said she was going right. that, that, was, that, one that was Uh but yeah, so she's not going to
5: quite crack my uh overall rankings. She's in the top 15 of my UFC only rankings. Um, but I don't think she's going to make the, uh, she's just outside. I think if we include Bellator fighters,
6: she's in my top 15. Uh, she's never going to hold the belt. Um, she's, she's 24. And so maybe that's an aggressive statement, but one O'Neill and Blanchfield are much better prospects Two, I don't know that she, like, I don't think she has a good feel for fighting. Um, she is athletic and willing. And those, Mm -hmm. In, in many ways, that looks like people have a good feel for fighting, especially against some of the opposition she has faced. But uh, it really, really struck like s- struck me this way. Like, and I, we obviously saw it against Roxy, but at the time I was like, well, Roxy, she's very young. Roxy is such an accomplished grappler. She was like straight up bad uh, when Jessica did get the takedown. Not like Jessica's top game was great and she had phenomenal pressure. Like Barbara had an underhook and didn't know what to do. Like couldn't find her way to a hip to use the fence to get up. She she didn't have she it it looks to me like she has no real feel for grappling. Um, at like a combat elite level, you know maybe she's an okay you know jits practitioner or whatever in the gym, but like Jessica I controlled her with such ease, and it's not like we think of Jessica I as this like stalwart top position grappler or again was doing things that i was like oh Jessica's head pressure is really good she's she's smashing the shoulder like it was just like i don't know why barbara's not getting to the fence and standing up right now she's just not doing it so that's going to be a huge problem uh and i i think that that's a real thing so no but she's 24 athletic and willing and that's that's ahead of most people frankly in mm-hmm. the sport in, in her class so and but by- she'll probably be a top 15 fighter for a while
5: by the way, look look at some of these other names ahead of her, who are also like still fairly young: Tyler Santos, uh, Alexa Grasso, Viviani Arujo. So, I mean, and these are established people in the division now. So she has to get past those names too. All of those people it's can grapple unlikely. to you.
6: It's
2: a good division, which it's is a, really yeah, it's sneaky it's, good division.
5: It's it's yes, unlikely that you. He, she gets
6: gets something. <laughs> <up there. laughs> it is very sneaky good division. We talked about it all the time. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, fellas. Well, I think I'm we're so at proud like of us. An hour and a half. So case. Music. We we didn't talk once about the bad thing that happened. Uh Way to go. I don't know what you're talking about, Jed. Congratulations I know, to no Donald bad Cerrone. Things happen. Congratulations oh. <laughs> to Donald Cerrone His, on an incredible <laughs> career, Hall of Fame His career.
6: Retirement speech. If you haven't watched it, go up on our YouTube, watch the like 20 minute thing. It is one of the most fascinating retirements I've ever seen in this sport. I've never seen a person happier about exiting. And not in like in a very positive sort of uplifting way like it was I did not expect to be like that feel that good about Cerrone just being like yeah I'm done and I'm stoked about it he was so excited it's like yes
2: it's been I mean he's it's been coming man like he's been trying to get this fight for months at this point he went through so many false starts I get it uh but yeah congratulations to Donald Cerrone future hall of famer I'm sure that's going to happen sooner rather than later with how the UFC operates uh also Big performances all around. Brian Barberina, Jim Miller, mm, the man, the all, there. all-time wins leader for the UFC. Julia uh, Story, Story who I'm sure I'm butchering that, but opens the second fastest finish
5: in women's bantamweight history. And breaking what an an arm, basically. Like that
6: was ridiculous. And an, and an ice cold quote afterwards. The, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not playing the game anymore. I'm just gonna rip your arm off. Is awesome. <laughs>
2: But that is it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in to the UFC 276 post-fight show on MMA Fighting. We love you guys so much, you crazy people who stood up so late for us. Uh, in the meantime, keep it locked to MMA Fighting. We'll get all your post-fight needs. You're listening to the Vox Media podcast network.
0: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA.